This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good! It's good! Welcome to the Action Network podcast. Brendan Glasheen joined today by Sean Zarillo, Action Network contributor and also Action Network editor, Colin Whitchurch. We are here to bring you an American League betting preview. Yes, baseball. It is right around the corner, everybody. So be sure to be on the lookout for our National League betting preview as well. But in this episode, we break down all 15 teams in the American League. We cover all 15 and the best ways to bet the league. We'll go division by division for structuring purposes. And like I said, we're going to do a separate podcast for the National League. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to start in the American League East, gentlemen. And we'll begin with those New York Yankees, the the very public New York Yankees. 3-2, deep to center, track, wall, see ya. Oh, 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 what a shot by Judge. Yankees last year finishing tied with the Red Sox in the American League East. Red Sox did get the tiebreaker eventually at the wild card win. Yankees went 92 and 70 last year in the American League East. This year, win total opening at 91 and a half to uh, that's their win total for this coming season. So, Sean Zarello, we'll begin with you. Your outlook for the New York Yankees in 2022. Yeah, I have them projected right around 91 and a half. So no value for me on the win total. If you are a believer in Pakoda, though, the Yankees might be a value side because Pakoda has them winning the East by seven games. They have their divisional odds projected at 73%. So those odds implied would be minus north of minus 250. And they would have their World Series odds projected at 15%. So around plus 550 implied. So Pakoda thinks the Yankees are an absolute value team. But I look at my projection. I look at Fangraph zips. I have the Jays ahead by a couple games. And then I look at Davenport, which is basically the inverse of Dakota. They have the Jays clearing off the Yankees by seven games. So if you look at the average market projection, the Yankees are probably situated exactly where they should be. And taking that average, I do have them in second place beyond the Jays. So no value for me. But as I said, if you're a Dakota truther, the Yankees divisional and World Series bets are probably worth a play. Colin Whitchurch, I know we will discuss the Jays. We'll discuss every team in the American League, but the Yankees do crack MLB.com's top 10 in starting rotations. How do you look at the Yankees this year? That win total again at 91 and a half. Just we're using win totals, by the way, folks, as a barometer, as a starting off point to get our conversation started here. It's it's funny Zarillo mentions Pakota Truthers. You know, I'm I'm one of the ultimate Pakota Truthers here. You know, my background hey, with baseball perspectives. I love the guys over there. Shout out to Craig. Uh, all the guys at BP do amazing work, but Pakota's out of its damn mind with 98 wins for the Yankees this year. I love the under on the Yankees this year. A starting rotation, Brendan, you mentioned top 10. Um, I don't see it. Garrett Cole is phenomenal uh, in the on the short list for best pitcher in the world. Absolutely. Behind him, Jordan Montgomery, injury risk. Luis Severino, injury risk. Nestor Cortez, unproven. Jameson Tyone, injury risk. 
the Yankees were cheap this off season. I, I don't get why they're not spending money anymore. The Josh Donaldson trade was confusing. They still have shortstop question marks. They now have catcher question marks. This is the third best team in the division. Maybe the fourth best team in the division. You could argue. I would probably argue. I love the under on their win total. I'm selling on the Yankees this season hard. Let's go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Here's a pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning. And the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. In 2021, Toronto, 91 wins. And I should mention, of all divisions of Major League Baseball, the American League East is the only division to have four teams with win totals projected over 80 wins. So this is just a really fascinating division. It's the right division to start off with. Toronto goes 91 and 71 in 2021. I mentioned they've got a great rotation projected by MLB.com. They've got the number three rotation, the number two lineup, Sean Zarillo, the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays. What's the outlook? My favorite World Series play, 11-1 currently at BetMGM. Now, I, I have the Jays at 94 wins. I have the Yankees at 92, and I have the Rays actually at 92.1. So all three of those teams within a few wins of each other. But my my projections compare pretty favorably to Fangraph Zips, both in the AL East and in the AL as a whole. And Fangraphs has the Jays at 44% to win their division. That's about plus 125 implied. They have them at 12% to win the World Series. It's about 725 implied. So I think there's tremendous value on the Jays out there, both in the divisional market and the World Series markets. Got 225 on them last week to win the division. I'd still play the plus 190, plus 185 that's out there. And the, the World Series odds 11-1, 12-1 last week. We moved that number down to 950 within a matter of hours but I still think the 11-1 out there is worth taking. So anything in double digits for me on the Jays in the preseason, you could play it down to 10-1, is my favorite World Series play. How about you, Colin? The Blue Jays, they're a popular team this offseason. I'm right there with Zerillo. I love Toronto this year. It probably shouldn't be surprising after you heard me rip apart the Yankees just a few seconds ago. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that this team could lose the Cy Young winner and an MVP candidate last offseason and Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon and still be, I think they're the second best team in baseball behind the Dodgers. And we're sitting here and, and they have the third best AL pennant odds behind the White Sox and Astros. I think they're the best team in the American league, the rotation top five, really good established starters. Kevin Gaussman, they added to the mix. They, they have depth. Ross Stripling is a really solid swing man. You know, he, he did some good stuff for the Dodgers when they were contending for world series titles. And he's, not even in the rotation. He'll be there in case of injury. Nate Pearson, one of the top prospects in all of baseball just a year or two ago, has dealt with injuries. They're waiting for him to pop. That would just be an added bonus at this point. Their lineup is strong from top to bottom. Matt Chapman's going to help shore up their defense, even if his offense doesn't rebound. I love the, the Blue Jays. I'll be on their win total over, their division, their pennant, World Series, everything. Go Jays. <laughs> Up next, let's discuss the Tampa Bay Rays. And it was, oh no. Fly ball, deep left center off the bat of Phillips. And here comes Phillips. He's trying to circle them all inside the park home run. Brent Phillips. Of course. They won 100 games last year, 100 wins, 62 losses in 2021. The Rays projected 
Win total, the win total listed on many sports books, hovering just below 90 at 89 and a half are the Rays. I feel like we do this every year with the Rays. A great rotation. Their lineup is pretty good again. Are the Rays being overlooked, Sean Zarillo? It's possible. You know, I'm higher on the Rays typically than the market. I have them at 92 wins here, so I would lean to the over. But looking at the other three projections out there publicly, Davenport, Pakoda, and Zips, I'll keep mentioning these, so I just want to mention them. Overall, as a group, 84, 85, 86. So all three of those projections have the Rays going under. I have them going over. That leads me to a pass because I don't see, usually I look for a three-win gap, three-and-a-half-win gap between my projection and the over-under in order to make a play. I'm at like 2.7 here. So looking at the market, it's enough for me to pass. That said, something I'm really interested in this year, no defensive shifting anymore or no traditional infield shifting that we've seen in the past. Maybe teams will come up with new methods to strategize how to play defense, but that probably does take a hit out of a team like the Rays or the Astros or the the A's, other teams who have used their resources in the past to allocate towards defensive positioning. That's definitely going to take a hit this year. So maybe that takes some bite out of what the Rays bring to the table. The Rays, Colin, last year and entering this year, I I should mention they were ranked uh, number nine by MLB.com for their lineup. They ranked second in the majors and runs scored. Um, Slugging percentage was up there. Now their rotation takes a little bit of a hit from last year. They add Corey Kluber. We'll have to keep an eye on Shane Baz's elbow injury and how that affects their rotation. But how do you look at the Rays? Are they once again being overlooked? I think they are being overlooked, but look, the Rays are a team that when you're looking at projections, you throw this team out the window because the projection systems never know what the hell to do with this team. <clears throat> and because and because of that, it's, they scare the hell out of me. And they're they're a team that I'm avoiding like the plague in the futures market. Um, I don't see any value in their win total, their pennant, their division futures. They're they're a deep team. They they defy the projections regularly. They do unconventional things. You know, Kevin Cash works one-to-one with that front office basically in the analytics department to figure out how to manage the rotation manage the bullpen i will say with tampa this is a team you want to keep an eye on the futures market going into the season because that's when the value starts to ride the public's going to be on the yankees they're going to be on the red sox they're probably going to fall in love with the blue jays even more it's mid-season the rays are just kind of hovering there right right toward the middle of the pack in the division that, that the future value might start to come alive for Tampa. So people should keep an eye on that. I feel like the, the, the descriptions you both gave are like exactly what we say every year about the race. Yeah. You know, keep an eye on them as the season starts and see all, you know, see the Red Sox Yankees and see those two teams beat up on each other. And they're just, there come the race. And they Let's had the number one farm system in baseball last year. So it's, you know, and tons of offensive talent coming up, right? We've seen them rely on the pitching in the past kind of struggle to get by with the hitting. They're becoming more of an offensive team. And as these prospects come up, I, I do think they'll kind of pull away from the Yankees unless the Yankees outspend. So Yank or Rays and Blue Jays going forward could be a uh, pretty serious rivalry. The fact that Wander Franco is listed as the sixth lowest odds for AL MVP after playing, what, four months Half a season, of a yeah. major league baseball career shows you how stacked that team is with young talent. And, and that dude is, I mean, he's going to be a superstar. Let's shift to the Boston Red Sox. And Devers. High fly ball right field deep. He's back. Say goodbye. Get the tape. In 2021, Red Sox 92 and 70. I mentioned that off the top. Tied with the Yankees in the AL East. Red Sox reached the American League Championship Series last year. 
Red Sox projected win total at 85 and a half, which would put them at the fourth best odds to win the American League East. Red Sox have a top lineup once again in baseball. They've got that three-headed monster in the middle of the lineup with Bogarts, Martinez, Devers. They add Trevor Story. 2022, Sean Zarillo, the Red Sox. As we've talked about here, we've kind of teased it. They're a public team like the Yankees. But the Red Sox, there's concerns there, right, about their rotation. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, anytime you have a pitcher like Chris Sale returning from a significant injury, remains to be seen how that arm is going to hold up as you get, you know, a season, two seasons down the line. So, yeah, he's going to be a key part to any success that they might have. No value here for me, either over or under. I kind of align with the market. I'm at 84, so slightly into the under. But the projection market leans over. The one number that stood out to me that I thought was interesting Fangraphs put their World Series odds at 4.2%. That's plus 2,300 applied. There's a plus 2,500 out there on the Red Sox at FanDuel. So if you believe in that Fangraphs projection, there might be some World Series value. Colin, your thoughts on the Red Sox in 2022? Yeah, the Red Sox are the ultimate if team this year. I'm probably going slight over on them this year, more as a as evidence of my, my Yankees fading, but they have so many question marks where it's like, well, if all of these things go right, this team's going to be a legitimate world series contender. You mentioned that rotation and it scares me. I think Evaldi's great at the top. If sale can even be 70, 80% of what he was, that'll be a huge boost, but relying on guys like Michael Walker, like Rich Hill just scares the hell out of me from a the standpoint of, of facing these AL East lineups day in and day out. It's also strange that they didn't, you, you mentioned they brought in Trevor story. It's, it's strange that they didn't address right field. Um, they're going back to the well with Jackie Bradley jr. There. I do think this team's going to be better defensively this year. Bradley's a plus defender. Trevor story should profile great at second base. Although if they really wanted to be great defensively, they'd have him play shortstop and move Xander to second base. But you know, the, the incumbent wins out, I guess, but they are going to be improved defensively really hard team for me to peg. I, I lean over, but I don't see huge value in any other markets. This is the second time in this division. You've said you're scared. Of, you know, you're getting the hell scared out of you. Like, is that are you okay? <laughs> like maybe you should just stay away from this is a scary morning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the AL East, it, it can do that to people. Uh, understood. Red Sox, the number six lineup, according to MLB.com, heading into 2022. And then, of course, we have to mention those Baltimore Orioles, Oof. right? Oh, no! We suck again! 52 and 110. That feels weird to say. Hey, what was your record last year? Oh, we went 52 and 110. That's just, <laughs> God, that's hard. How is their projected win total now at 61 and a half? So are the Orioles going to be nine, 10 wins better next year, Sean? I know, right? It seems high to me as well, but I have the Orioles here projected at 65 and every other projection likes them to go over their list of total. Well, except for Pakoda. Pakoda has them at 61.3. But the market projection on average has them at 64. I have them at 65. I found it over 60 and a half at Bet Rivers. I had to play that initially. There's still some over 61 and a half out there. I think I'd poke that too, honestly. I know you said this is the only division where we have four teams projected to finish above 500, which makes it scary, as Colin has been saying, to bet an over on a team who is projected to be one of the worst in baseball. But the numbers tell me I have to bet the over here. I don't love it. It's a one unit play, but we're going to go ahead and taking over 61 and a half on the Orioles. Colin, are you scared of the Orioles? Like some of these other teams? 
this is a very common theme we've got going on here. I'm terrified right now, and it has nothing to do with the Orioles. It has to do with the fact that I'm disagreeing with Zerillo here. I love the under on Baltimore. Disagreeing with Zerillo is something that I don't usually try to do very often, but I, I love the under for the Orioles. It's, it's probably my second favorite bet in this division behind uh, the Blue Jays' win total. The Orioles' 100 losses is pretty much just a given over the last five years. This team doesn't try to do anything to improve their roster. And it's not that they're not going out and signing big-name free agents, which they're not, and I understand why they're not. It's that they don't even really try to do anything to improve it on the fringes. No, like, stealth waiver claims to try to find these under-the-radar guys. Something that you saw the the Astros and Cubs do a lot during their rebuilds uh, earlier last decade. They're just content playing out the string, hoping that their prospects pan out. There are names up and down this depth chart that you have to figure out where they came from. Kelvin Gutierrez, Jacob Nottingham, Zach Lothar. Um, you know, the, the Orioles are going to, they're going to be a lot more fun this year than um, they've been in recent years. If they call up Adley Rutschman, if we see some Grayson Rodriguez, Cedric Mullins is one of the most underrated players in baseball john means is a stealth cy young candidate please don't laugh i swear to god he's a stealth cy young candidate at 50 to 1 or longer but 100 losses in win total in the high 50s i i like the under here yeah i guess if you're looking into a orioles win total you're more so looking at the right column and you're just counting to triple digits you want to just once it hits that you'll feel pretty good i suppose about that pick before we move on to the next division Let's get our best bets from the AL East. Sean. Yeah, I just want to shout out Cedric Mullins real quick. All-star in the MLB with Crohn's disease, so good on him. That is an absolute warrior. My favorite bet in the AL East has to be the Toronto Blue Jays, plus 1,100 to win the World Series at MGM. As I mentioned, forget my projection, Fangraphs has this line at about 725 implied. I'd probably make it closer to plus 800, plus 900, considering the proximity that I have the Yankees and the Jays in the AL East, but... The Jays, to me, are the second-best team in baseball, and they're my World Series pick for 2022. What do you got, Colin? I'm with Zerillo here, uh, but I'm going to focus on their win total. Blue Jays over 92.5 for all the reasons Zerillo just said. They're the best team in the American League, second-best team in baseball. Very good. And once again, you're tuned into our American League betting preview on the Action Network podcast. We're hitting on all 15 teams. We go division by division. The best ways to approach each of these teams in the betting market. If you like what you hear, by the way, we have a brand new MLB betting podcast. It's called Payoff Pitch. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And during the 2022 baseball season, we're going to have you covered every Tuesday and Friday to break down the day's baseball slate. So we look forward to having you there. Check us out over on Payoff Pitch, wherever you get your podcasts. You move on to the AL Central, the White Sox. Go, go, White Sox. Let's go, 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 great team last year out of that division they won the division at 93 and 69 in 2021 they've got another great lineup top 10 mlb.com also a top 10 rotation according to mlb.com number three lineup in baseball in the uh in the rotation department and then as it pertains to as it pertains to the rotation number four so both top five sean white Sox projected at 92 and a half wins in 2022 what's your outlook of the white Sox this year 
I have them at 88 wins. So actually like the under here, now the most optimistic projection in the projection market, the other three projections that I mentioned have the bit minus 190 to win a division and plus 1200 to win the World Series. So there's no value there. I actually do like this team from a player prop perspective. There's a few different guys I'm going to be targeting a certain Cuban youngster who I might look at in the MVP market. But I'm going to take the under down to 92 here. There's a 93 and a half juice at Bet Rivers. I would play that. As I mentioned, I have the projection closer to 88. So I see a pretty significant gap between that 93 and a half and my projection. How about you, Colin? White Sox, 2022. You know, Zerillo, when you say a certain Cuban youngster on the White Sox, you could mean like three different players here. So you didn't really give away your bet there. Well, I, th- I think the young was the key, but yes. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the White Sox, you know, full disclosure, that that's my team right there. I generally avoid betting my team because they're they're going to make my, my heart hurt enough over the next six months anyway without having any money involved. I could spend an hour talking about this team. I'll try to distill it to two minutes. They didn't do enough this offseason to improve their roster from a team that showed significant flaws against the Astros in the ALDS last year. They still have question marks in right field. They still have question marks in the back of their rotation. If Dallas Keuchel can rebound, if Michael Kopech can increase his innings limit, sure, they're looking great. They lost Carlos Rodon during the offseason. The argument further over here is that they didn't have Luis Robert for most of the season last year. They didn't have Aloy Jimenez for most of the season last year. They now have Michael Kopech in the rotation, you know, and they still won 90 something games last year, despite all of the injury bad luck that they had. So if you want an argument for the over, it's that the argument for the under is that Tony LaRusse is still going to cost them a few games. The teams that they're battling in the division are getting better. The twins are going to be an above 500 team. The tigers are, are frisky. The Royals always give them trouble. So I lean probably a slide under with Sean here, but I'm I'm not betting this team. I never will. <laughs> Lineup feels promising, but like you said, Colin, the, the back end of the rotation, name recognition-wise, it sounds good, but there are some questions there if those names can hold up as the season goes along. So Colin mentioned that the Twins. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a one the Minnesota Twins win total at 81 and a half heading into 2022. So they should be hanging around right around 500. That's what that number indicates. In 2021, the Twins were in the basement of the division of the Central. They went 73 and 89. So they take a leap by about eight, nine wins in terms of their projections for 2022. Sean, Minnesota Twins in 2022, are you a believer in a bounce back season? I am a believer, and this team's sort of reloaded. You know, they they swapped around a lot of pieces. The Josh Donaldson trade, sending him to New York. Carlos Correa, obviously a massive signing. For me, this team sort of hinges on Byron Buxton and how healthy Byron Buxton stays. Through 60 games last year, Byron Buxton was the best player in baseball. You give me a full season of Byron Buxton last year against the full season of Shohei Otani, I think that would have been a closer race than the Guerrero and Otani races. Buxton had four and a half wins above replacement in 60 games. So he was on pace for a ridiculous season. He just can't play more than 50 or 60 games in a year. He seems to get hurt every year. The market does like Minnesota quite a bit. I'm low on the favorite, as we mentioned. So if I'm low on the favorite in division, I'm probably taking a chance on a long shot. The Twins would be my long shot here to bounce back. Market projections anywhere between plus 220 and plus three to win the Central. You can still get them at plus 575 at Bet Rivers. I think that's a tremendous bet. Probably my favorite long shot divisional bet. 
unless we're going to count the Jays at two to one, which I don't. My projection win total, not 79 and a half. So I actually lean to the over. I bet an over 78 and a half. There's still an 80 and a half at Caesars. Probably take that. The market projection has come up to like 84 and a half as they've continued to add pieces. And they just, they need to add pitching. They need to add more starting pitching, maybe acquire Frankie Montas or Sean Maniah from Oakland, but they're going to have to make another move to acquire pitching. Otherwise, I don't really see them as a legitimate World Series contender, but they make another move, maybe plus 5,500 to win the World Series comes into range too. Yeah, Pakoda's got him at 86 wins next year, and that lineup does look good. You mentioned uh, Buxton has to be better. He's got to stay healthy. Sano, Gary Sanchez, they've got to take the next steps as well, and they could prove to be a top third of the league lineup in baseball the next year. The potential's absolutely there, for sure. That I mean, that team could hit a bazillion home runs. We've seen the Bomba Boys before, so maybe there's a new version of them. What do you think, Colin? You mentioned that this team should be hovering around 500, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, Zarello, you said they need to add more pitching. You're not counting uh, Chris Archer. They're they're nice little fighting <laughs> oh, uh, for the 16 innings. That That's like a negative, if anything. <laughs> yes. Um, no, but I I do like the Twins. I I love their off season. I begrudgingly love their off season. Um, I think Sonny Gray was a was a really nice trade addition. They have my favorite for AL Rookie of the Year in Joe Ryan, right smack dab in the middle of the. Rotation. I, I shouldn't say the favorite frail rookie of the year. My favorite bet frail rookie of the year, Joe Ryan. Um, Correa is obviously huge. You want to talk long shot futures? Zerillo already waxed poetic about Buxton, who I also love. He's sitting there around 50 to one or longer for AL MVP. Um, you know, it's just, that. If, if he stays healthy, you know, we'll be, I will be saying that into our grave. I feel like if, if Buxton stays healthy, he's an MVP, right? Um, so I, but I, I like the over on their win total that that's where I'm going to focus my money on Zarillo mentioned getting it lower early. I still think there's value at 81 and a half. This team probably has 84, 85 win potential. Um, I don't really like their long shot odds on division or pennant, anything like that. But if, if they add um, you know, they're, they're clearly the second best team in the division, which puts them right within shooting distance of a wild card spot. So keep an eye on their pennant odds, maybe over for the twins. That that's where my money is going to be going heading into this season. The Detroit Tigers are up next. Detroit. Their projection for 2022, at least the win total at several books, 77 and a half wins. Detroit won 77 games last year, 85 losses in 2021. Pakoda's got them at just 67 wins projected for next year. Detroit feels like a, a team that could go either way, right? They could be in the hunt, I suppose, hovering near 500, or they're just like, they, they maybe they fall apart. I don't know what to make of the, the Tigers. What do you think, Sean? Tigers, probably my favorite under bet for this year. And it's a bit ironic because I made them my first futures bet of the 2022 season. I took a 75 to one World Series future before they started making any moves, thought they had a chance of getting Carlos Correa, potentially adding other free agents. I don't really love what they did this offseason. Now, they played above 500 basically after April last year. They completely overachieved. Not overachieved, but they exceeded expectations and kind of legitimized how they performed. That said, every projection likes them to go under this year. My projection is at 73.6. There's a low of 67 from Pakoda a high of 75.7 from Zip. So everybody has them going under 78 and a half by at least three wins. 
I'm under by five wins. The market projection is under closer to six wins. This is an easy under 78 and a half for me. I actually got an 80 and a half when it opened, but 78 and a half, 77 and a half, even 76 and a half, I think is an acceptable play. Colin, your thoughts on the 2022 Tigers and why might this number be as high as it is? Like what's the, what's the devil's advocate on the, on the Tigers? The devil's advocate is that they have a lot of young dudes who are going to, who are going to potentially break out. You know, we saw their young arms come up last year. Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Matt Manning. They're all in the rotation now. They, they went through their fits and starts last year. But these are still, you know, top 100 prospects. Casey Mize was a top five prospect once upon a time, number one overall pick. They have huge expectations for guys like that. And and they're looking at Eduardo Rodriguez to kind of be the anchor for that. That was a nice early signing in the offseason. He was one of the most he was one of the unluckiest pitchers in baseball last year. If you look at his advanced metrics compared to his ERA. And then they've got Riley Green and they've got Spencer Torkelson, who Hopefully we'll be up early. They should be up opening day. I don't know if the Tigers are going to screw with their service time or not, but there's just so many breakout candidates here where it's like, wow, what if this team is, is the next loaded prospect team where they just, they come up and they blow everyone out of the water. I will say I like the under as well. I don't believe in that hype for the Tigers, at least not in 2022, maybe 2023. Um, but I will say with Pakoda and their projections, they, they, I'm a little hesitant on how low Pakoda went on them just because Pakoda has such an extreme bias against free swingers and Pakoda hates Javier Baez and hates the bias signing. And, and Baez is a very flawed player, but um, but there's there's clearly something there with Pakoda. All that said, I still like the under because when Pakoda disagrees with the win total by five or more wins, Pakoda is almost always right. And we've got, what, a nine-win difference here between uh, the over-under and what Pakoda says. So I like an under, but I, I don't think they're quite as bad as some of these projection systems say they're going to be. And they're a very, and they're probably the highest variance team in the whole American league. Yeah. And it, they're not playing in a, in a gauntlet of a division. And like you both talked about off the top with the white Sox. I guess if we don't think the white Sox are going to be as great as they were last year, then maybe they come back down to earth and it does pave way for one of these teams three through five that we'll get to now to have a, a path to being in contention as the year goes on. So that brings us to the Cleveland Guardians. Yes, the first year of the Guardians. Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks. So the previous regime in Cleveland, 80 wins, 82 losses, two games under 500, nowhere close to contending for the division. And really they kind of fell out of it. As the uh, as the year wound down, Cleveland's win total at 75 and a half for 2022. They've got some upside in this rotation, Sean. But uh, with that said, your thoughts on the 2022 Cleveland Guardians? Right. And my most anticipated moment of this podcast was when you started to mention Cleveland to see what nickname you would say after, because I mix them up all the time still and say the wrong one. But yeah, Cleveland, uh, a team that the market is low on. They seem like they're trying to sell, right? The last time that this organization paced for fewer than 80 wins was 2012. Cleveland is the overlooked, ugly stepchild of baseball who seems to overexceed expectations every year. They're run about as well as any organization in the league. And they never get respect. Now, my projection has them at 78.8 here. 
The market has them at 77 and a half. That over 75 and a half sitting out there at Caesars, I think you kind of have to play the over just on principle. There's still enough competitive guys on this roster that they should hit that total if they basically keep all these pieces around at least until the trading deadline. I know if they turn around right now and flip Jose Ramirez by the end of April, I'm going to look like an idiot and this is probably going to go under. But with the roster that they currently have constructed, you basically have to play the over here at 75 and a half. How about you, Colin? The Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians are kind of the the saddest franchise in baseball. Zarilla talks about how well-run they are. They just produce talent after talent after talent. They're the best organization in all of baseball at finding and molding and refining young pitchers. When Shane Bieber was in the minor leagues, he was a low-ceiling, high-floor, kind of just a strike thrower who they knew was going to get the ball over the plate, but probably profiled at the back of the rotation. A lot of people weren't even sure he was going to stick at the rotation. They turned him into a fire-breathing dragon, you know, ace, Cy Young winner. They've been doing that for years with Corey, the Corey Klubers of the world and the Cliff Lees of the world just for years and years and years. But this ownership simply hasn't been willing to spend to supplement all of their great player development fines. And that's why we find themselves in a situation now where for a decade they've been contending and now the window is closed and they don't have a World Series out of it. I mean, 2016, they came about as close as you can possibly come to winning a World Series without getting one. But that's all a very long setup for me to say. I I do think that what you said is correct. You have to kind of take the over on principle here. But I'm scared to take their own. Oh, oops. I, yep, that's right. I'm scared to take their over. <laughs> mostly because... There it is. This this team isn't going to bring in any more talent. They are what they are. They have Jose Ramirez, they have Shane Bieber, and they have a lot of hodgepodge of mediocrity behind it. The Royals and Tigers, if their young talent hits and they start to trend upward, it's just going to push the Guardians down. So if you're a believer in the Tigers and Royals' young talent, you've got to hit the under here, and we could be looking at a last place finish for the Guardians. I don't quite think the Tigers and Royals are there yet, which is why I'll go slight over on the Guardian, but I'm not confident in it. That brings us to the Kansas City Royals. Everything's like a dream in Kansas City. They've gone about as far as they can go. Yes, sir! Kansas City in 2021 finished 74 and 88, just ahead of the Twins and just below the Detroit Tigers. Pakoda's got a projected win total of 69 and a half. Their win total on many books at 74 and a half. So plus five when you make the comparison there. As we wrap up the AL Central, Sean Zarillo, 2022, look at the Royals. No value for me on the Royals from any win total or divisional perspective. That said, I think the fact that we're talking about them last in this division shows that the floor of the division has sort of been raised. I'm not particularly high on any of the teams in this division, but I also don't think any team in this division is going to be amongst the worst in baseball. They should all win around 70, mid-70 games or better. The one number that stood out to me for Kansas City Home run leader, co-home run leader last year, Salvador Perez, the only player in baseball to finish with more than 50 expected home runs per stack cast. He's around like 15 to one to 18 to one in a lot of markets to finish as the home run leader this year. You can get him at 40 to one at FanDuel. That's double the price anywhere else. So go ahead and hit that if you like Salvi to repeat as the home run king. Otherwise, I really have nothing on the Royals. You got anything, Colin, on the 2022 Kansas City Royals? 
I actually pretty strongly like their win total under. This is another team where Pakoda and the the books disagree by about five. And I think the Royals are pretty clearly the worst team in this division this year, um, you know, pending Cleveland selling off more of their spare parts. Um, you know, they, they've got some good young guys coming up. We saw Singer and Chris Bubich last year, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Everyone's eager to see the number one prospect in all of baseball. Hopefully we see him on opening day, but we'll see. You know, the Royals have usually been more liberal than than other orgs when it comes to promoting young players and not screwing with service time. So hopefully we see that here, but it's just, there's just not a lot to excite me. Whit Merrifield's now entering his mid thirties. His speed's going to start to dissipate. I don't think we're going to see a Sal Perez bounce back. I, I, I understand your value there or not bounce back. I'm sorry. Uh, repeat from Sal Perez. Um, I understand your value there, Sean, but we're it's still a catcher with all of that wear and tear on his knees entering his mid thirties, Carlos Santana, Andrew Benintendi. It's just a lot of, a lot of average is what I'm seeing here. And I think that it's going to end up sinking them toward the bottom of the division. I, I Zach Grinke's running that rotation, um, the shell of himself last year in Houston under that. That's going to be one of my solid American league bets. What, what, what year is it? Zach, Zach Grinke is leading a Royals rotation, like, right? Wow, going back in time. It's like and he, he doesn't look like he's aged either. He looks the same. We have one division to go, five teams left. If you like what you hear, as a reminder, we also have a National League betting preview, so be sure to check that out. And also, brand new Major League Baseball betting podcast, Payoff Pitch, during the 2022 season, Tuesday and Friday slate. So subscribe, rate, and review. We make the turn to the American League West, the reigning American League champion, Houston Astros. This guy was made for this ballpark. Astros went 95 and 67 last year. They won the West. They beat the Red Sox in the ALCS, lost to the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Projected win total is slightly below what they finished in 2021. They're at 92 and a half wins. The Astros, again, a team that has a top rotation in baseball, top lineup in baseball in terms of MLB.com's rating uh, rankings for 2022. Sean, thoughts on the Astros, the reigning champions of the American League? Another potentially vulnerable favorite here and another team worth taking a shot against with teams further down the board in the division. We'll get to those in a moment, but my projection on the Astros is 89.8. It's basically 90. The market is actually a win lower than I am, and all four projections like them to go under this 92.5 that's out there. So I think the under 92.5 is a decent play, minus 110 at FanDuel. Bet Rivers hung in 94.5 last week. I don't know what they were thinking. That was way too high. So we smashed that one down. But the under 92.5 that's still out there, I think it'll, it'll be close, but I think that's a solid under bet at that number. So they've got the number eight lineup, according to MLB.com and baseball for this coming season. And then you've got Justin Verlander leading this rotation. And I think that's what, Colin, there, there's some concern there, right? Verlander is their, is their guy now. This is no longer a loaded name worthy or na- the name recognition is not quite there with the 2022 Astros as it pertains to the rotation, which last year, a 3.63 ERA ranked second best in the AL, fifth best in the majors. There's not some name recognition in that Astros rotation yet behind Verlander, but I think there's going to be. I don't really have a strong feel for the win total with the Astros, but 
Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia are, are set to explode. I know Zerillo and I were both big Framber fans last year. He's sitting at about 70 to one for AL Cy Young this year. So that's a guy that I'm going to have my eye on for sure. Also a guy that a lot of casual fans might not know is Jeremy Pena. Um, another consensus top 20, top 50-ish prospect. It sounds like based on comments Dusty Baker has made, he's he's primed to to take Carlos Correa's spot at shortstop. They might start him there opening day, not mess around with the service time. And he's a AL rookie of the year contender. You're seeing him trend below the Wits and Torkelsons and Rodriguez's right now in the 13 to one to 15 to one range. So that's someone that I might keep an eye on as well. I don't have a strong feel for the win total. I'll probably go over just because I don't believe in some of the other teams down there in the division, but my money's not going toward the win total right now. Oh, there's a tease for us. We'll find out who Colin might like in the West. The Mariners are the next team we'll discuss. Mariners, they finished second in the division last year, 90 wins, 72 losses. They made some noise down the stretch in the 2021 regular season. They were a really fun team to watch down the stretch. Their projected win total, even with the Angels, we will discuss next Mariners at 83 and a half wins across many books. So folks think, Sean, they're going to take a step back in 2022, or at least the projections say that. Yeah, so... It depends. The context depends what you define as taking a step back. So they won 90 games last year. So 84 and a half would represent a step back, but their Pythagorean record last year called for 76 wins. So that would actually be an eight win increase. Now I improved their true talent rankings by close to 10 wins this off season. I think they upgraded their roster pretty substantially, but that said the entire market thinks that they're going under. Uh, I have them projected at 79.7. Pakoda, Davenport, Zips have them between 76 and 83.3. So that Pakoda projection is a little bit more favorable towards the over, but at best, at best, Pakoda has them at plus 600 to win the division. So nobody actually projects any divisional value here. And I have to bet an under. I don't really love it. I know our staff is very higher than the Mariners. Colin will tell you all the reasons why he's on the Mariners. And I see the talent on paper. Julio Rodriguez is going to be an absolute stud when he comes up. But the number's just too high, in my opinion. There's been an overinflation in the market because everybody expects them to go over. There's an under 84 and a half at plus money at points bet. It's probably my favorite bet for this division. The 2022 Mariners don't scare Colin Whitchurch. Zerillo, I am drinking the Mariners Kool-Aid and I am not afraid to say it. I think that this team has legitimate divisional aspirations legitimate pennant world series hopes and i do think that there is good value on some of the numbers we're seeing here robbie ray gives them a legitimate front of the rotation workhorse chris flexen shout out to mike ianello is a steady mid rotation guy logan gilbert's gonna take a leap they've got george kirby sitting down there ready to explode in the minors and a lot of talent in that lineup also i mean even beyond the young stars who were going to see Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelenic, um, Adam Frazier was a solid bring in. Jesse Winker was an all-star last year. Maybe they get a bounce back from Eugenio Suarez. I think that I'm going over their win total. I'm, I'm solidly going over their win total. That's a bet I love. 
And I'm definitely going to be dabbling in the division future plus 500 pennant future plus 2000 world series future plus 4,000 Mariners nation going wild. Wow. Uh, next team in the AL West, we discuss the 2022 Los Angeles angels. You got an angel with you right now. Just got here and he's going to help. Kid sees an angel. Yeah, he must. That's the signal. Angels, 83 and a half wins. You'll see it many books as their projected win total in 2021. The Angels, they were 77 and 85. So there's a projected uh, bump this year, some improvement out of the Angels. The lineup is great. They crack MLB.com's top 10 lineups across baseball. Sean, how about the Angels? Are they a team you see maybe being better than Seattle? Are they... Can they threaten Houston? How do you stand on the 2022 Angels? I do have them about four or three and a half wins, four wins better than Seattle. And they're the team that I want to take a shot against the Astros with in the divisional market. There's still plus 400s out there at several books. Now, Pakoda Fangraphs, depending on the projection you use, they'd make this line anywhere between plus 180 and plus 500. So a huge range of outcomes on a team that seems like it should have a huge range of outcomes. They could go way under their win total if everybody gets injured. They could end up being a World Series contender if everybody stays healthy. The pitching is going to be the big concern here. How much does Noah Syndergaard give them? How much more do they get out of the pitchers behind him? But the lineup is obviously potentially tremendous. Uh, And if Anthony Rendon is able to return to his previous levels of performance too, they could be a very good team. So I I see the upside here, and I think at 4-1, to it's worth taking a shot of their divisional odds. Don't really love the World Series odds, but... I mean, the market would make them as low as plus 2,500. So if, if you're interested in the Angels as a World Series contender, there's a plus 4,000 out there at points bet that you could dabble with as well. But I think the divisional play is probably the best bet to sort of calculate their upside. Colin just mentioned how he's high on the Mariners. And when we discuss the Angels, I can't help but bring up Shohei Otani and just the impact he has in that lineup and then how they figure out how Joe Madden figures out how to use him in that rotation. Does that change at all? Because they're just trying to keep this guy upright and healthy and they want to use him in every way possible. So if you could, I mean, just for, I think folks listening, Otani is just a fascinating figure. He's on the new cover of MLB, the show. He's the most, maybe the most popular player in the game right now, but how does, uh, how does Otani factor in? And I know with your Mariners love Colin, how, what do you, how do you look at the angels in 2022? Look, I want the Angels to be good. I think everyone wants the Angels to be good, unless you're a fan of another AL West team. Maybe it's sad that we've seen Mike Trout in the postseason once in his entire career, and it was a three-game sweep eight years ago or something like that. We've never seen Shohei Otani in the playoffs. These are the two most exciting players in all of baseball. Apologies to guys like Fernando Tatis Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And they just play on this completely incompetently run team and it's so frustrating how does a team with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout not make the playoffs every damn year but I'm I'm not drinking the Angels Kool-Aid like I am the Mariners Kool-Aid I'm grabbing I'm grabbing the green glass here um I just don't think they have enough around them and I think their pitching is an abomination to use a word behind Otani you need Syndergaard to be healthy Willie Sandoval's kind of decent. Michael Lorenz and Jose Suarez, who, you know, who are these guys? Their bullpen is still very mediocre. I don't see it. I think that they're they're firmly third in the AL West behind the Astros, behind the Mariners. It's sad 
I want Trout and Otani. I want great things for them, and I want great things for the game. But I'm going under their win total. I don't see their their divisional odds or anything like that having any value. I, I think you said it perfect, though. Everyone wants them to be good, but you're just being a realist. And yes, as both of you mentioned, the pitching is what we'll have to see how it unfolds and if it can hold up that rotation but they might have to win a lot of games scoring a lot of runs. I just want to contextualize my divisional bet real quick uh, and the everybody wanting to the Angels to be a good thing. I was, the Angels under was my biggest bet last year. I don't give a shit about the Angels. And now that the Otani thing has happened, I think people are overlooking how amazing this guy is. Like you give me Otani and a full year of trout together. Jared Walsh showed improvements of a healthy Anthony Rendon back, a healthy Syndergaard in there. You look at the upside on this roster. It's there. Joe Adele breakout, Brandon Marsh breakout. Why, why do the Mariners guys get expected to break out, but the Angels top outfield prospects don't? I, I just find a disconnect with the, the analysis that's going on around these two teams where the Mariners prospects, because they won 90 games last year, they're going to break out, but the Angels prospects aren't. That doesn't well, really Mariners, make sense to me. I get the concerns calling. at the bottom of the rotation. <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy between how they reviewed last year and this year, given that we know Otani can achieve this like level of greatness. So it's a very interesting team to me. I get it. And Adele is a, is a great post-type breakout candidate as a former number one prospect. And we didn't even mention Reed Detmers, um, another solid back end of the rotation rookie with upside. I think that the Mariners, I mean, other than Adele, Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelenic are more highly thought of by, sure. by prospect sites than anyone that the Angels have or had coming up. So I think that's probably the in a nutshell answer for you. But it's a fair point. It, they're kind of like the bizarro Cleveland team because they spend money and they never make it where Cleveland never spends money and always seems to be in the hunt. So, it's, yes. you know, just switch uh, GMs there and you, you might have a World Series contender in L.A. We head closer to the basement of the AL West, the Texas Rangers. The prairie skies are wide and high, deep in the heart of Texas. In 2021, the Rangers, they were 60 and 102. They were right there with the Orioles as one of the worst teams in the American League in 2021. But it seems like there should be some improvement in 2022. Win total hovering around 74 and a half wins for this coming season. Pakoda's got them at 71.3 projected wins in 2022. Sean, do we believe in an upgraded season for the Texas Rangers? We do. They improve their true talent level more than any other team this offseason. I mean, Semyon and, and Seager were the obvious improvements, right? But this team added about seven, eight other major league caliber players to a roster last year that was completely barren. My projection is closer to 76. The total came up. We bet it over 72 and a half last week. It's kind of at 74 everywhere. So I don't know if I'd play it at this point, but I do expect to see improvements from Texas this season. And I think they're headed in the right direction. Colin, Texas Rangers. Love what the Rangers did this off season, not just from an improvement standpoint, but from the standpoint of, they were terrible last year. And instead of saying, well, let's save some money for five years, hope we hit on some prospects. They said, fuck it. Let's spend a half a billion dollars and try to win right now. Love that mentality. More teams should have that mentality. Semyon and Seager obviously improved the team. Mitch Garver improves the team. John Gray improves the team. I think that they're still pretty solidly fourth in the pecking order in the AL West. Um, there's too much, too many question marks behind that rotation behind and including gray 
Um, I am excited to see what Gray can do outside of Coors Field. Um, I've always been a big Dane Dunning fan, but I don't see a lot of value here on their win total. I think 74 and a half is pretty well right in line with what we're going to see out of this team in 2022. So it they're pretty much a no bet team for me. Finally, <laughs> the Oakland Athletics. Hello, you know us. We're a major league baseball team, but nobody recognizes us. Not even in our own hometown. The A's in 2021, they won 86 games. They won 86 and 76, but their projected win total across many sports books in 2022 is just 69 and a half wins. Pocota's got them at 65.4. They've sold a ton of pieces. It sounds like they're going to sell more from their rotation, from their lineup. They're not interested in winning games this year, it feels like, Sean. No, probably not. And the projection I've... De- downgraded them in true talent by close to 21. So more than any other team are ready this off season, you know, and as you said, they're going to continue probably to trade pieces, Frankie Montas, Shamanaya, probably out of there by July at latest right now. My projection is 70.7. So I'm right in line with the market. The other projection systems around the market have them closer to 67. So they would recommend an under wager at this point. I know Colin is a fan of the under as well. There's a low of 65 from Davenport out there. So I get the under, I get the trends. I just have a tough time betting an under at a very low number against Billy Bean. I know what their intentions are, but at the same time, like needing Billy Bean to lose a hundred games is not necessarily something I want to root for because he is very good at finding value in hidden places. So Colin, uh, please tell me why you would smash this under. I, I think this is the going to compete with Baltimore for worst team in the American league and compete with Baltimore and Pittsburgh for worst team in all of baseball. There's something called Adam Aller currently projected as their number five starter. (laughs) They're actively trying to sabotage this rotation, this starting lineup, everything about this organization. It's like major league, the movie come to life in Oakland right now. NRI Eric Thames is projected to be their starting first baseman. There's nobody good on this team. I don't know how else to say it. I I don't see how this team doesn't lose 100 games. Elvis Andrus is probably going to get traded if he's not terrible. I do kind of like Sean Murphy. There's there's a guy on this team that I like. Steven Piscotti's not. He's a platoon bat at best now, and he's their everyday right fielder. They're going to trade Mania. They're going to trade Montes. 100 losses seems easy. I know that you're hesitant to bet against Billy Bean. He's got some magic up his sleeve or whatever. It's not. 2006 anymore the game has passed bean by and and this is a hammer under this is my favorite bet in the entire american league their best player is probably suspended for half a season too loriano is uh right yeah so he's not coming back either so it's it's definitely like a completely lost season from the jump i'm definitely going to circle my calendar for the month of april to watch adam aller pitch his first game with the with the oakland a's no disrespect to Adam Aller. It sounds like he was once upon a time Pittsburgh's 18th best prospect. No disrespect. You said something called Adam Aller. You did respect. You, that is one of the phrases that you just can't say after what you said. You're right. Before we wrap, your favorite bet from this division. We had some fun talking about this one. Sean, your favorite bet from the AL West. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the controversial, you know, under, but it's the Mariners under 84 and a half plus 100 points bet. It's just no projection gets up to that level. So I, I, it's something that I have to take on principle. I see all of the reasons why this could go over. Don't get me wrong. I see all the upside with the Mariners roster, but just the numbers play. 
Colin, favorite bet from the AL West. Do you do you even need me to say after no. what we just <laughs> went through? It's Oakland. It's it's Oakland's under. Um, oh, okay. Worst team in baseball potentially. I thought you were going to really put yourself out there and mention the Mariners' future and to win the pennant. And yeah, he doesn't want to go head to head, Brendan. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared, Brendan, to go against Zarillo as hard as I have in this episode. Listen, me betting a minus one ten versus you betting a uh, a plus four hundred. I think I think there's not much to be scared about there. You're, you're definitely Fair. on the right side of the uh, value button. Fair. That concludes our American League betting preview on the Action Network podcast. Keep your eyes and ears out for the National League betting preview on this podcast as well. And want to mention again, we have a new Major League Baseball Action Network betting podcast, Payoff Pitch, that is now out. We have our first episode released, and we will be coming to you during the 2022 season every Tuesday and Friday. In this podcast description, we have a link that takes you directly to it. So you don't have to work all that hard to find us. Be sure to join us there as well. For Sean Zarillo, Colin Whitchurch, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in to this American League betting preview. The National League betting preview is out there as well. And we will catch you next time on the Action Network podcast. Podcast.